if I'm really for your success in our relationship, and if you're really for my success, we're going to address the really uncomfortable conversations like giving each other feedback when we're negatively impacted so that our relationship doesn't become full of resentments. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome back to the Art of We podcast. We're so happy you're here. Today, we're going to talk about a concept that we turned into a vow. And the concept is from the collaborative way, which was the methodology that I took into companies for about five years. And you can find out more about this concept and other concepts at thecollaborativeway.com. This particular concept is about being for each other's success. And we turned it into our vow and our vow says, our fourth vow, we vow to live from the knowing that we both win from our successes. It's really oriented around this being for each other's success concept. So my love, why don't you start by sharing what your definition is of being for each other's success? Thanks. I would say that being for one another's success has a lot to do with getting to know your partner and their hopes and aspirations and inside the very unique fingerprint of who they are and where they want to be going in their lives and to commit to facing what might be in the way uh, inside of myself in order to be able to support you in your full expression. And so, of course, this is something that it can get very juicy in the way that we relate to each other. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. When I get into the essence of being for each other's success, it also requires that I'm able to make contact with the concept that we can do more than I can. Yeah. And that your success is my success and my success is your success. Yeah. And this comes right into contact with, first of all, I think the curiosity of getting to know your partner really well and trying to deeply understand from inside of their shoes, what is important to them, where they want to go and bearing in mind that this changes over time as well. Totally. One of the ways that I feel like we support each other in being for each other's success is listening generously, which is also from the collaborative way. And we'll do an episode about what that a deeper cut of what that means for us, because it's super life changing when you have a partner who can actually listen generously. But it is about for me, like you're talking about, like me putting aside my needs and my agenda to actually be able to listen to you at a deeper level, even below your words about what it is that you're aspiring for and who you are now in this moment and how it's changed maybe from even last week or last year. Yeah. And this, like so many of our agreements with each other, it's so important that the agreement is upheld in a fair way where it's symmetrical, the level of 
interest and curiosity and calling forth the clarity in the other person about who are they now yeah. and, and what do they want now. Definitely. Should we share about our pattern about that? Sure. <laughs> so we have this we have this pattern from day one, I think, which is just we just keep trying to bust through it and we're getting a lot better at it, I think. But I take responsibility for having more comfort. I find much more comfort in getting over into your world and getting you and understanding you than it is for me to share my deepest aspirations or share who I am. It feels vulnerable. And so I am very good at deflecting the conversation and getting back over to you. That's where my comfort zone. And what would you say your, your side of that is? Well, it's a real Achilles heel for us as a couple, because my way of operating fits right into the pattern that you bring, where I'm really comfortable talking about my inner world and my life and my goals and my aspirations. <laughs> so it makes it, we get into these, these moments where we're like, shit, here we are again, and this is painful. And, yeah. but the beauty is that we both want to grow here and we really do want to be for each other's success. Yeah. And that, that brings up another aspect of this for me, which is, I think a lot of couples. And when I was younger, I, I definitely felt this way myself is that we can have this idea that growth is not going to be painful or it's not going to be challenging. You know, we can have a sort of complacent or kind of entitled perspective about growth where it's, it should be easy, right? Relationship should be easy if it's on a growth path. But when you look at it, nothing that is difficult to do or nothing that leads to growth is typically easy. Totally. And so I think being for one another's success also involves making a commitment to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm in the context of the other person's values and goals and priorities might really challenge our values and goals and priorities, at least on the surface of it. Definitely. And we should get in more into values in a, in a couple minutes here. But I really like what you're saying about being for each other's success is really knowing each other in our life goals. I think there's two buckets of being for each other's success. There's supporting each other and challenging each other to accomplish those goals. So support through listening, through getting the support we need, challenging each other when we get stuck or we, we think there's a limited perspective or we're not doing what we said we're going to do. And then I think there's also a, like a relationship being for each other's success. So it's like, how do we be for each other's success inside of our own relationship? And that goes into some other areas where you're saying uncomfortable conversations. It's like, if I'm really for your success in our relationship, and if you're really for my success, we're going to address the really uncomfortable conversations, like giving each other feedback when we're negatively impacted so that our relationship doesn't become full of resentments. Right. And we have those hard conversations and we're willing to continue to step up to the plate. It's like there's this kind of twist around being for each other's success, which is a commitment to bring more of our self forward into the relationship in order for the relationship to actually have an opportunity to work. Right. It's kind of um, a built-in fail-safe in the commitment that authenticity and, you know, showing up for these more challenging, difficult conversations is required in order to be able to fulfill that vow. Definitely. It reminds me also of Lloyd Fickett, who is the founder of The Collaborative Way, when he was telling me about his marriage when they were like, if we're ever off track and we're not actually sharing with each other what's truly going on with each other, 
then we're actually not keeping our vows with some form of this. And I think that is part of the magic of our relationship is this commitment. Hmm. Cause we're not actually being honest and real with each other. Then we're, how can I be for your success? I'm going to hold resentments. I'm going to be like, I don't want to support your goals as much. Right. I'm going to be disconnected from you. And that's something totally different from what we're talking about here. Right. I mean, that's an important aspect of it is that we hold one another back from achieving our, our goals if we're not completely honest with each other about what's going on. Right. It creates static in the system that, you know, we eventually get back around to it, but it takes more time and effort to deal with these detours, if you will. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we mean by success. I think that's important because success implies different things for different people. And I think one of the things that is really uniquely beautiful opportunity in partnership is to give one another permission and support to, and challenge, to discover what the deepest heart of hearts is saying to us about what we're here to do, you know, what our inspiration is, what our desire is to fulfill, to create what do we want to create in the world? It could be anything. Right. And that might change over time, which goes into a values assessment that we, you and I often do is we do a Dr. D. Martini, for those of you know who about him, he's very much into values and living into one's values. And so you and I often revisit what are our top three values. Right. And this way we can actually understand each other and they change over time often. Yeah. And so it's really supporting each other to be living into those values. Is that what you would suggest is exactly the definition? Exactly. And, you know, it takes some effort and commitment to actually bring enough curiosity to the other person to really deeply stand in their shoes and know what their heart wants to create right now. Definitely. And it takes a lot of patience and curiosity when something doesn't go as planned. And rather than just be like, oh, here he goes again in his process and, you know, he's not meeting his goals or some form of that to actually right. get in there with you and be like, okay, what's actually happening? And what are the deeper layers and the deeper cuts and how can we address that? And what, what are the needs now right. to help you stay on track with your values? I would say when we're not living into our values, I believe that we're deeply impacting our partnership in a negative way. Right. And so if we're actually being responsible in our partnership, we are doing the hard work of making sure that we're living into our values, no matter how uncomfortable those are. So it's like, if you had a big dream and desire and goal, but you're not making progress or making steps towards achieving that goal, there's going to be a negative impact on our relationship because you're not actually as on fire and aligned with what you want to be doing. Absolutely. And we'll do another episode, I'm sure about values and exploring that more deeply. But one of the things I want to say just as a food for thought is that getting in touch with what your priorities are, your values are, is a journey. And most of us are subtly or not so subtly living underneath what John Martini calls injected values or someone else's values, our parents' values, our culture's values, what makes us feel safe. You know, if we have a value, let's say on financial success, well, is that really true? right? Or is it something that our society thinks people should have to feel good or to be well-regarded by other people in the culture or something like that? Um, 
Or uh, you could be living in a family system growing up where caring about financial success is really negative. And a kid growing up in that environment might be influenced not to care about that. Right. Because if they show care about that, they could risk feeling like they're not a part of the group. Right. Well said. So let's talk a little bit about, I would love to know, can you put you on the spot here, whether it's values or how we're supporting each other or how we're challenging each other. When would you find that it's hardest for you to support my success? I think that we have different processes to get to clarity about what is important to us. And I think where I've been challenged in the past and and probably still have a lot to to learn and grow into is in really honoring your process of getting clear about what's important to you right now. And I sometimes impose my own procedure inside of my mind of how that should go, how that should go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When is it easiest to support me in my success? I think when your goal that you identify is clear uh, and maybe more specific, like let's say I want to create a podcast, for example, Uh, that's really easy for me to support that because I know what to do and how to support that. Right. So yeah, I think there's a learning for me about not feeling urgency about helping you get clear in what's important to you. That makes sense. I think for me, when I contemplate those questions, I get really stuck when I'm not really thinking from a we perspective and I'm thinking from an I perspective where it's like either I get my needs met or supported or you get your needs met or supported. Mm -hmm. I get into an, an I versus I conversation, you versus me conversation versus a we conversation, holding a bigger picture and knowing like we have from day one that we're going to be supporting each other's success versus. Versus competing for scarce resources. Yes. I, I think there's such a common phenomenon in couples and comes up for us plenty is this perspective you're talking about, about whose needs are going to get met. And there, there can be a perception that, there's going to be a winner and a loser. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. So. Well, let's go to a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk just for a few minutes about how this applies to how we work with our team and how we can apply this be for each other's success inside of companies or businesses or groups. We'll be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. 
Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Well, before we talk about how this could apply in the workplace, I want to add one more piece, which I'm working with every day, which is really interesting around competition. Uh, we were talking about this perception of limited resources where we can get into, well, this is either going to be my need or it's going to be his need. And, you know, for me, and this is a little embarrassing to admit, but it's here for me. And I I want to, I want to share that there's a subtle version of a threat response that can come up for me when I perceive you finding your desire or your passion for what you're up to. And what comes up for me is a concern that you're not going to need me anymore. Mm. And it's painful for me to perceive that Mm. fear because the last thing I want to do is hold you back. Mm -hmm. And yet there's a little boy in me that is afraid of being left behind. (laughs) And so (laughs) it's this catch 22 for the little boy of, you know, if you enjoy success and expression and, you know, find your, your joy, something bad could happen, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, from the adult man part of me, of course, all I want for you is your fullest expression, no matter what the consequences are. If it takes you in a different direction, you know, I want that passion and that fulfillment to occur for you. But there's also the the mammal with the soft belly that Mm. is scared that, you know, you might want to leave the nest and go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you're bringing this up. I have a similar version of that too, where it's kind of like, okay, he's starting to fly in this new way and it's crazy amazing. And I can see how much aliveness and generativity it brings to you. And it's kind of like, okay, well, I have to really center myself and trust when I notice that fear coming up, that this is what we're up to together is to support each other to quote unquote fly. And if this is the phase in which I get to support this lift and, you know, my fear comes in, I'm like, oh shit, like, will he go off to somewhere else to get to the next lift or something like that? I really have to lean on the trust of our we and the trust of what we created together and our foundation and our vows, of course, like we stay in the conversation until it's complete. And I think this is why agreements and vows are so necessary inside of a couple is because when we get into, we have those fears and then we have the courage to bring them up and actually talk about them. Then we can actually have any kind of conversation that we need to have to stay on track. Absolutely. The framework of the vows keeps us grounded in, I would say in the capital S self, you know, um, keep us from relying on the places I would call ego of, you know, fear and scarcity perceptions, which can be very compelling. Yeah. Those perceptions. Yeah, totally. For sure. And do you ever have the opposite where it's like, you feel like, let's just hit, let's just say you hit like a grand slam in one of your goal, your areas of goals. And you're like, oh, I can do this on my own. Or, hey, I don't need the we of Krista and Will, or I don't need Krista. Have you had moments of that occur? And if so, then what what happens in those moments? That's a great question. <laughs> I would say that the flicker of of a thought like that does pass through my mind from time to time. 
but it doesn't capture me at all because it's so clear to me how I needed you to be able to go to the next level in my life and in my human experience and not just my career, but my, my lived experience. And so it never lingers, Mm -hmm. you know, it passes through my mind like, Oh yeah, another thought. Right. The other thing that has helped as well is, you know, our company has grown so fast and there are so many things that there's no way I could do anymore. And whenever I think, oh, my success is because of me, I look around and in a a few seconds, I see how many people are working so hard to contribute to the success of our organization. And so it's really not a viable perspective right? (laughs) to think that, you know, the goodness that's coming my way is because because of of me. (laughs) (laughs) Because of you alone. Because of me alone. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And I think that the we've talked about parts work in the previous episode. And for me, it becomes very clear to me now when there's a part of me that's saying, well, I could do this by myself or I don't need Will or whatever <laughs> the, like now I can really identify that voice in my head as mm. the part versus as truth. Yeah. Which makes it, like you said, it doesn't stick. And I'm like, oh, haha, there, there's that thought again. You know, the I versus we conversation. And <laughs> well, we both we both have this history or this childhood experience where, for whatever reason, based on our environment, our circumstances, what was going on, we became very self-reliant and very independent. Totally. And we got very strongly into the perspective of my life is up to me. Whatever kind of help there is out there is not... where I'm going. I'm not going to look for that anymore. (laughs) You know, and so we go to the place of hyper independence, or you could say false independence, when we're stressed, because we go to the childhood pattern, right? It's a groove in our brain that we can automate to. Yeah, exactly. So we get to keep working the the muscle of pulling that needle up out of that groove and putting it on a different track. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So before we wrap, let's just talk quickly about the workplace. Yeah. So with this be for each other success, as I mentioned in the beginning, it was really inside of a work context that I learned this practice of being for each other success. And I just want to put in a, a moment of if you as a teammate or a leader or inside of any kind of group, and even with friendships, like this is huge for me inside of friendships, but to really see the other human as a human being, not a means to an end. Right. And to really practice what is it like to actually be for somebody's success inside of a workplace. And I think that everything that we've talked about, listening generously, which we'll get more into, supporting each other to succeed, knowing that your success is our success, making sure that we're super aligned about the mission so we can actually all see our part in it and accomplish it. But I think that the uncomfortable conversations inside of the workplace is really what I want to hammer in here is if you're not having the uncomfortable conversations of like the performance isn't good, the way that they're behaving in the workplace isn't part of our culture If you're not having those conversations and addressing it, you're actually not being for their success and you're not being for your own success. 
You're not being for our success. The success of the organization also. Exactly. And one frame that Lloyd brought into the collaborative way and would we would share was that you can actually fire somebody as an expression of being for their success. If they're not going to succeed at the company and you know it, but you're kind of just like, for some reason, caretaking them or dragging them along, or they're not facing their own challenges. If that's happening, it's not for their success. They're probably going to be much more successful somewhere else in a different role that's actually aligned with what their what their brilliance is in. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's where I think it gets interesting in the hiring process. And maybe we'll talk about that in another episode, but we like to do a values determination when we are hiring a key person to make sure that the values of that person individually align with what they're going to be doing all day, every day right. in their work. And that there's enough overlap with the company's values uh, that there's not going to be misalignment there, that we're a mission-driven organization and we're not a profit-driven organization, for example. So that the fulfillment of being in that seat in the company is not going to be measured only by the financial compensation. The compensation financially needs to be fair and competitive in terms of what they could earn somewhere else. But the other piece is that we want to make sure that the person's fulfillment is also coming from fulfilling the mission. Right. Because from our perspective, and this is not a new idea, but the existential fulfillment, the value fulfillment for that individual is what is going to keep them moving towards success in their role. And And loyal to the company. Yeah, and and having a great time at work, you know, fulfilling something bigger than their own personal, um, fulfilling something bigger than their own security. Mm, Well said. And so our view is that at the deepest level, people want to contribute to something bigger than themselves. And maybe that's not true for all people, but it's really fun when you're working with a team and everyone is on the same page in that regard. Totally. Totally. So just as a closing invitation, what I would like for all of you who are listening to consider is to ask yourself, maybe you could do in both the personal and the work worlds, is identify a person who's a key person. What's your partner in life or your business partner or somebody at work? And say, what's in the way of me actually really being for their success here? Right. And then listen generously to what comes up and being willing to actually address it and have a hard conversation if needed. Yeah. And we can talk more about what is meant by speaking straight in terms of having difficult conversations, which I've learned a lot from you about Mm -hmm. is, you know, forwarding and honest, not just honest. Right. And another shout out to the collaborative way. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together, like butter and toast on the Art of We.